Due to the ignorance of our hosts, parental discretion is advised. Yeah, I haven't freaking done a podcast for like a year of my, my own. Just like started writing the book. Probably a year and a half, actually. Yeah. And you miss it? Like, need to get back to it. But I've been I've been doing a lot of to promote my book. Yeah. But it's just so time consuming. Went from I coach high school wrestling, so that's six days a week. Yeah. Freaking Fridays and Saturdays are all day at a tournament. And then I go right into junior high wrestling for till like mid April, then met her figuring out the wedding stuff. High and schooler, then, right? I mean, I can see. And then <laughs> I come out I moved out to Harriman and they needed a football coach. So now I'm head football coach for a ninth grade team. I'm like, man, I can't get away hey, from this. When you put the pause on your yeah, life. Yeah, it's hey. like, uh, yeah I was, I was going to say, by, by the way, Rob Eastman, back on the podcast. That's right. Um, we're excited <clears throat> to have you. I uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about. Talked about moving. Yeah. Uh, we have a mutual individual that knows you and us. We won't say his name on the podcast, right. but we can talk about it after. But he's like, oh, yeah, Rob moved. I'm like, he moved? And I was like, well, of course he moved. We're building a fucking highway in his backyard. Why wouldn't he move, for God's sakes, right? Yeah, man, that was a tough, like, it was the most peaceful place on the planet. And All you we... heard was frogs, cows, horses, or coyotes. Yeah. And we're, like, three minutes away from Farmington Station. And then next thing I know, they're like, they're building the freeway right there. I was like, ah, it'll happen later. <laughs> like, two months later, they'd have the double pole semis. Non, I'm not kidding. A thousand trucks a day ran over my horse fence twice. <laughs> and I'm just like, Wait, is it us? Yeah, it's us. Well, don't say if you know who it is, don't say yeah, don't say because we, we don't talk about the company. We don't say our we, company. Name. Yeah. We, we work yeah. for <laughs> yeah, one of one of those companies because yes. it's a joint venture. So, he's so, a, he's a, well, I got yeah, so you know you how big the production is, yes, and that's one of the only access on, points, yeah, access points. Road, and yeah. it's like at night it was okay but it was so dusty my horses you know i've got five horses yeah. and they're just getting disturbed their health's going bad i'm just like man and the market was sky high yeah so doubled the money get out and start a new chapter did they buy any land from you no you don't no oh, so you're right because you're really really close yeah and so right on the corner of my property there was a fire hydrant and the guy came out, and they were talking about taking, like, the plans cut through my property. <clears throat> and they, we came out to meet, and he's like, yeah, no, we're not messing with that. We're going to buy this guy's land. <laughs> so uh, was like, cool. <clears throat> then, so we sold it, and there's that uh, tennis court up the street. Mm -hmm. And the guy who owns that, they bought it so they can just walk to work. And yep. it worked out for everybody. So Harriman so, now, huh? Yep. Went from farming to Harriman. Harriman's so, not bad, though, isn't it? Oh, I love it. It's not it's, bad. But I mean, it's going nice from, by the way, I've lost my voice. Like, you know, anyway. But I mean, going from, you know, where, where, where exactly? Davis, where, County, Davis County. Born and raised up in Bountiful is where I grew up. But I, the farms in Farmington, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, we live in a beautiful home. Nice area. We're on the west side mountain, so it's oh, my yeah. directions are off. Yeah. I'm always like, to, oh, man, <laughs> I got to look for the mine. <laughs> right. So, no, but it no, is it's, nice it's out there. Yeah, very nice out there. Really cool. Uh, they have everything you need. Yeah, and the beauty of it is moving out of a county that 
you've lived in your entire life that your dad owned car dealerships and was a state senator to where nobody knows you it's so nice oh i can imagine so nice i can imagine uh, again so i said we, we know a guy <clears throat> his dad was in the car biz as well and so i think that's where he kind of knows you from we'll yeah. talk after the fact but <clears throat> um, he's like yeah he's gone like I don't blame him. I don't blame him on being. So. And then also, before you move, also, remember the, uh, what was it, like two years ago when we had that crazy win? Yeah. And all your property was, was it damaged or, or yeah. were you it trying blew, to get your horses blew, ready? It uh, blew 20 by 12 piece of my barn. Like, it took like six of us to lift it, but it blew it like it was a, a napkin up over onto my fence. It was a disaster. So I'm out there with a helmet on trying to, like, secure it. And <laughs> things a motorcycle were, helmet on? <laughs> I think we're blowing by that. It would have killed me. And So, yeah, that was a lot of cleanup. Because out there, there's nothing around me. I was going to so say, it's see, not, I live in Bountiful, and if you grew up there, yeah. you know the winds yeah. between the Centerville and imagine Farmington. out on the flats where nothing, oh, yeah. It, yeah. The, it is so yeah. much more violent down there. So, but it's pretty cool. Little Did nature. you get rid of everything, huh? Yeah. Gave the horses to my niece and gave the chickens to the realtor. And then the funny thing, you guys can look up, look up goats on the roof in Farmington. My goats would go up the back stairs, jump onto the lower roof and jump onto the upper roof. So they'd be running around like a, like a skate park. And you got some parkour. Fucking yeah. goats, huh? <laughs> and uh, somebody called the. The news about, of course, animal endangerment course. or something, and then KSL oh, came out fuck. and spun it a little bit, and uh, so we got some news footage off of our goats. But they Did went you get in trouble. Uh, no, <clears throat> they're goats. No. Yeah, I was like, have you ever seen pictures Yo. of goats standing on a twelve hundred foot uh, dam on a, licking on a the rock, salt? Right? Yeah, <laughs> these goats aren't the goats. Yeah, they're they're gangster man. So, so. I mean, um, since the last time you're here again, you've moved. Um, we're going to talk about the book you wrote. You've yeah. been a busy, you got married, married to an amazing woman. We, She's uh, got a book coming too. Oh, oh wow. okay. And, and she didn't even want to be on the podcast. <laughs> right, come on the podcast. We'll come on the podcast. Yeah, Absolutely. We'll get her back. We, uh, we, I, I saw you with, uh, with those beautiful kids. Uh, yeah. Shout out to the uh, Lake Talk kids. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I got oh, a funny picture. I'll have too, to, aren't you? I'll, yeah, I'll have to show you this picture that... <laughs> I don't know if you guys looked at my, uh, I don't know if we put that wedding picture up yet. Anyways, I got a, I was thinking about wearing a kilt because we went and got married in a castle. Yeah, you went to the motherland, right? (laughs) And I'm like, and you really get into kilts and like the full suit, you're like a thousand dollars. And I'm like, I'm never going to wear that again. So I ended up getting a custom suit from uh, Mr. Kenneth Boggs. He's a bad, bad dude. I saw him fitting Sean Whalen. Oh, wow. I hit him up, and he came right to the house, and they measure you from ankle up. And it is, like, I want a Conor McGregor suit. So I got a nice fitted suit, and me and my brother, he had one, and we're at the top of the castle. And I sent it to Fonzie, and he's like, man, you guys look just like us. And he had cropped our heads off and put him (laughs) and his brother. It's so funny. It's classic. So, yeah, I love those guys. uh, They're pregnant now. Fonzie. Yeah. Uh, Having a kid. It's exciting. I guess. I mean, <laughs> are we surprised? I mean. Well, I mean, ever since we went to their show, they were like, oh, I think we're going to try for another one. Oh, and yeah, it's taking right. him this long, so that's maybe right. it doesn't work. Whatever. <laughs> um, 
Why would you get married so far? This fella right here got married in Vegas at a parking lot. Yeah, it was 50 bucks at a liquor store parking lot. <laughs> yeah, that sounds God's sake. a little more money efficient. <laughs> and, the, uh, and the Mormon, the other, you know, the wife's side of the Mormon family, they were so proud of their, their granddaughter. <laughs> They're getting married in the Temple of the Bells, and there's Larry's Liquor in the, in the background. <laughs> already a child. She's the flower yeah, the, girl. Yeah, the bastard child there. Yeah, and the whole family. Already a, it's a flower That's girl. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, so we were in. We were gonna go. We got engaged, and we were just gonna elope. And we were going to Mexico, and my family was talking about doing a genealogy trip over to Scotland. And she's like, "Let's get married on the beach." I'm like, "How many people you know got married on the beach?" Yeah. And then I'm like, "How many do you know have been married in a castle?" Yeah. She's like, uh, "Okay." So we started looking, and I'm a descendant of William Wallace. One oh of the shit! Major players in keeping Scotland, Scotland. Oh shit! You know, Braveheart and all that. So. Googled it, and he has this awesome, they have a monument in Sterling up on this hill. There's like a cathedral on the side, and then this tower. How tall do you think it is? 400 feet? I don't know. Wow. 284 steps up a spiral stairway, and I'm talking it's like shoulder to shoulder all the way up. We booked the, they call it the crown, and called around, got a bagpiper. Holy and shit. so we flew in a couple days early. My buddy flew over from here, who's a professional photographer, and uh, we went and went to Edinburgh, went to a couple of killing, and then went over to Sterling, and it was just unreal. And just everything about it. We got there, she's got her dress, we go up, it's raining, we go walking in, they're like, no, yeah, you gotta pay to come in. At all. Yeah, and <laughs> and uh, we're like, no, we, we booked the top, and they're like, we have nothing booked. And we're like, yeah, 9, 10, oh, no. 9, 10, 23. They do day first. Oh, month. Yeah. So they're like, no, you're October 10th. That's how Mexico does it. Yeah. And that, that was something that was top. Yeah. It was top. For, and like for me to say, hey, when you write your date here, <laughs> first is your, is your day, then your month. Yeah. So we're like, are you kidding me? Oh, we got no. my mom, my sister's brother, her mom, her sister all flying in. And we're at that point, we just had just such a cool experience. And we're just like, whatever. And they came back like two minutes later, like, no, no problem. They closed off one room for us. We're all like, it's a national monument. Right. Kicking people out, set us up. And like, that would never happen here. Mm -mm. They're like, no, sorry. <laughs> no, we don't care. We hadn't even paid yet. We paid like a hundred dollars. <laughs> and then she comes back. She's like, you haven't paid. And we're like, oh, we'll pay right now. She's Maybe like, you probably won't need all of it. Just Cuts it in half. Maybe they really? saw you as a red hair. They're like, check yeah. out. He's like, yeah, you look like us. <laughs> yeah, you own this. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to your voice? <laughs> like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to. My wife's from America. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> my last, my last. <laughs> and uh, went up there, and it's raining. We're just like, oh shit. So we got up, we got up there before everybody else. And we were with the photographer and the bagpiper, and the rain made the floor shiny. And the wind's blowing through, so her veil's blowing out. And we just started taking pictures, and then I'm like, hey, play some music. And the first tune that he hit, dude, it was just like the most spiritual experience we've ever had. It was unreal. Coolest pictures ever. You could never duplicate that, right. even if you wanted to, not even on a Hollywood set. And then we go back down, because our moms are getting older, and it's, mm. it was a freaking climb. And we're waiting, and then we go back up. It stopped raining. Clouds are coming through the castle. Like, it was 
it was stupid. It was crazy. It was magical. <laughs> wow. Like, to describe it, it's like, we'll show you some pictures. It was just insane. And then we toured around Scotland for another 10 days and Ireland and did did it up. So How long ago was this? Like a week ago? Two weeks ago? Yeah, not very long ago. <clears throat> Boy, yeah. you make me sound like a real asshole right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Hey, hey, make sure Thanks. your wife doesn't listen. Yeah, to <laughs> yeah, September 10th. Wow. That was the day. That's so, crazy. Yeah. I, it, 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 so how many people did you have coming? We had, it was just a family trip. So me, my mom, Heidi, my brother and his wife, my sister and her husband, and then my other sister. Okay. And so they had it all planned out from 23 and me or whatever, where our living ancestors are, where they right. lived. And we wanted to go, like my great, great grandpa worked at, uh, what's that place? I know, but what? Glasgow? Glasgow, mm. this college is 400 years old. It looks like Hoggledorf's or whatever that stuff is. So we went in, see where he taught and what he did, and it was it was cool. Wow. Wow. <coughs> what an experience. I can and, and yet not a goat inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a goat on side. <clears throat> oh, well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank congratulations. You. It, it looked amazing, though. Even though it, was like it, was, it looked rainy. And all I could see, like, when, when you guys first started posting the videos – my first instinct was like, oh, it's wet, and she has a white dress. I was like, oh, that's going to ruin it. But yeah, looks like you guys pull it off. Yeah, she was a trooper. She had a expensive $8,000 dress from oh, New Jesus. York. and nice. You're on the and wrong I'm like, podcast, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, baby. <laughs> <You're> Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're going to get ruined. She's like, I don't even care. We're in a freaking castle, and this Hell is yeah. insane. Yeah, I mean. So we draped it out, and. She just got it back, and they got all the dirt out of it. And <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was it was cool. That's nice, one of a kind for sure. Nice. Is that is that a place you want? You would like, like? Let's just say you're gonna do renew your vows. Would you do? Well, the way I got married, probably the front yard of our house, man. <laughs> do it Let's up, be real. <laughs> but, no, absolutely. And, and again, like I, I'd love to go to the the motherland. You know, yeah, we've done the right. whole genealogy. In fact, we were just talking about that, and I'm, I'm enough. English that I could be in the royal family, like I'm yeah. that high English. Um, they call me a lord. Like, I'm yeah, a certified yeah. lord for sure. Love it. Um, but that'd be pretty cool out there. But you know, I've always wanted to go to Scotland or Ireland. Yeah. That fucking place is just amazing. Dude, if that's the case, I get married on a Mayan temple. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> They're close though. <laughs> They're close though. Oh yeah, so I'm just outside. I'm not that close. <laughs> as long as you wear a mask. <laughs> um. Talk to us about the book. I mean, yes. two years coming. Yeah. What, first and foremost, when do you like, I'm going to write a book? So, you know, I got in recovery in 2009. Shortly after that, nine months later, so the first nine months of my sobriety, my wife left me, the bank came and took everything I owned, and then my dad died. And that death was like, he was, he was a, just an amazing man, right? Just a, powerful spirit we didn't have any recordings of his voice we didn't have hardly any writings it's like our memories is that's all we're gonna have we kept his phone on for like two years so we could call it and listen to the voicemail right mm -hmm. so when you know i go speak in schools and stuff like that and every time they're like do you have a book like why don't you write a book and i'm like man i got i was like a 1.3 student i ain't writing shit like no thanks <laughs> so that's why i started the podcast right like my daughter can hear my voice. She can hear what I believe yeah. in and all of that. And that kind of grew. And then it came to a point uh, about two years ago where 
I was just thinking like I've been working so hard in the schools and mental health and all this stuff, but it's going to die with me. Like yeah. if I don't put this down somewhere, leave something for not just myself, not my family, but anybody else who struggles. And as we know, people don't like to talk about that stuff. Yeah. And the ones that do are in very small, small circles and an AA meeting or something. Right. And uh, so I called around, I was looking for a ghost writer who could write my story. I'll tell my story. I'm a good storyteller. Right. And uh, I met a lady, and <clears throat> she's pretty high-end, and and uh, she wouldn't, like, just let me hire her. She's like, no, nah, I want to meet you and come to my book retreat. Local. And yeah. yeah, but New York-level mm-hmm. lady. And uh, so I went to this book retreat, and I get there. It's in Bear Lake, big big mansion house, right? They do retreats there, and... I get there, there's like two two old ladies sitting in the front. I'm like, oh, this is cool, you know, whatever. And I'm waiting kind of at the door for everybody else. Another lady, another lady. Ends up being 13 women and me. And half of the oh. books are being written about narcissistic <laughs> male. I'm like, oh, man, oh, I'm in for right. it. <laughs> you know, so. Yo, are we but, talking about me, my story, <laughs> or just me in general, right? And so, but. When when I was there, it's like when we tell a story, people are listening and they can see our body language and all of that. But when you write a story, if you're talking about a, the way a couch feels or something smells, like they need to they need to feel that yeah, in your right. words. And I didn't know that, and so it kind of just sparked something. But but we we became really close during that time. She's like, I'm absolutely gonna write your book. So we went and locked ourselves in a up at a condo at Snowbird and did dictation for seven days telling my story. And the nice thing about having somebody who is a book writer is they prompt you with questions that tell the story in book format. So I've told my story a million times on stage, but it's not in a way that there's no timeline. There's no peaks and valleys. There's no, you're lower to place. Yeah. And so we, we, they, you know, they'd write a, a chapter and send it to me and I'd read it over and make sure that it felt like me. And first one comes back and, and of course they're high level writers. So they're writing big words and things like that. I'm like, if I don't know what it is, we're right. not putting it in. I want a 10 year old <clears throat> to read every word in this book and know, like yeah. if I'm reading something and I got to look up f- four or five words in a couple sentences, like I'm out right. books yeah. down. Yeah. Like it's, I don't want to feel dumb. And I, this is something that I've, I was bullied picked on made to feel stupid ugly all these things it's like i wanted to speak as a six-year-old and as an eight-year-old and as a 10-year-old so and it was crazy after about the third chapter it was freaky that it's like it was word for word how i would have said it like they learned me so quick (laughs) went on and and uh it's pretty long for a memoir but it came together so good and i went all in like it'll be the most vulnerable book you will ever read in your entire life. And it talks about bullying, suicidal ideation, shame and fear and judgment and religion, politics, divorce, drugs and out, you know, the whole, the whole deal. And, uh, I owned a lot of shit through that. A lot of healing in that book. I was going to say, and it got to a point in the book at the end where during my addiction, I had a, uh, incident or uh, something happened to me. I was passed out and woke up to a, another man doing something to me. I'll let you read it in the book, but yeah. that almost killed me keeping that in. Like, I'm never going to tell anybody that. Right. Are you kidding me? No way. 
It's like when you do a, tw- a fourth step in AA, it's a fearless moral <clears throat> inventory right. and sexual misconduct and all that stuff. And that was the one thing I didn't put in there. And that haunted me for a year. And uh, it got to the point, and I put it in, I started reading that chapter, and it brought it back. And I got to a place, I'm like, dude, I'm, this just kills me. People are going to judge me. People are going to, and so I called my lady. I'm like, you know what? I think we're going to finish this. I just want a copy. I'm going to give one to my daughter, and I'm just happy I wrote a book. She's like, this isn't about you anymore. Yeah. Like, they were so invested. Oh, like, wow. people need to hear this because it's not just your story. You're just the first one to be brave enough to be that vulnerable mm-hmm. and tell it. And so I was just like, <clears throat> I really struggled for a bit. I went to a dark place. Just getting towards the end and finished it out and uh, sent it off to some reviewers and I sent it to, you know, some young kids to see if they would identify with it. And I sent it to some high level people, former governors, stuff like that, that are religious and that I wanted to see if they'd take it personal. And, and everybody came back and said, this is, in, this is the best written book. I cannot believe wow. what you put in this. So <laughs> then obviously the fear of what if you put it out and it bombs, you're going to be an idiot. Yeah. You wrote a book. Nobody gives a shit. And, uh, so you guys will be the first to know. When does this go out? Uh, Monday. Monday. All right, so I can say it. So we put it out um, on what day? 26th? 27th. And yesterday. Right? Yeah, yesterday. And uh, for some reason, the book wasn't ranking at all. Nothing. We've put out podcasts, we've put out all this stuff, and I'm just like, no big deal. I've got other publishers reaching mm. out like your thing's not something's wrong. You don't you're not in category. Something's wrong. And I'm just calling my lady and they're like, no, we're good. It's like this is a busy time in Amazon. So I'm just like, whatever. Nothing by the end of the day. Wake up this morning. She's like, we got uh, one of this countries back. She's like, you're number one in France. Number one Damn. bestseller in seven categories. And I'm just like, I of all places, that's probably my least favorite place in Europe, but I'm going to go back. Rob, Rob's, go like, Rob's like, they got castles. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, that, that's cool. And in Canada, I had some people in Canada, right? My buddy that does a big top 100 podcast and stuff. And, and it's coming in and it was low ranking, whatever. And, and no numbers had come back out. She's like, it, just, it'll be okay. And we got a call about two o'clock and she's like, I got some numbers and she's kind of quiet. And, She's like, I'd just like to let you know that you ranked in 28 categories. You're first place in seven of them. The numbers are insane. She's like, so now you're officially an international bestseller. Holy shit. So it goes bestseller, which is top 100, and then number one bestseller, and then international bestseller, and then number one international. So the that's like New York best time seller, right? So you want the top one. So... We've already hit it. It's not even been 30 hours yet. Yeah, I was going to say, it just came out yesterday. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, <clears throat> we went and got some tacos at Street Tacos right before we got here. And, and she so called. Yeah. And <laughs> she... We're going to say something, man. We're going to tacos <laughs> celebrate. <laughs> and she calls, and she's like, are you ready? And I was like, yeah, let's go. And I'm number one in five countries. I got the number one international bestseller. And... It's just unfucking. What real. a fucking ride, dude! Yeah. Wow! Congratulations! Congratulations! So you guys get that first. Get nobody that else knows. Here first. Nobody knows. <laughs> now you know. 
and it just goes to you know that's when it reassures you like you're not you know i tell everybody you're not alone but yeah. sometimes you feel alone even the guy on the stage feels alone and and that just reminds me i've i've got a big tribe out there yeah and uh it's not just here in the u.s i was like when the numbers came out in the u.s i was like 226 she's like this is way behind don't worry about it and that's what she calls you you got your home country so number one here canada uh france and i think the uk and uk is the second biggest market in the world behind india she's like most people don't ever rank so most people just maybe get to a bestseller she's like this is insane wow man now did you know this because of you wrote a book or you knew this before which like all these India stuff, like the status. So I she she told me today that the I was number five in the UK, mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm like, well, what do we got to do to get one? Yeah, you know, five's not good enough. <laughs> you know, how many books? And and she she told me she's like, most people never even hit bestseller in the UK. So shout out to my VA. I have an awesome virtual assistant, and she's from the UK. So she came over and did a bunch of uh, content for us at our wedding. Her, her her partner and her baby, they drove six hours and came over and cruised oh, around wow. with us. And it was just, it's so cool. Podcasting, <clears throat> inter, you know, social media, you get to meet people all over the world yeah. and have access. And it's just like, yeah, it's surreal right now. You know, just some drug addict that... Shared a story. It's like, you know, I was talking about it today with Court McGee from the mm-hmm. UFC. Yeah. And uh, I was telling him why I want to get to bigger stages and things like He's like, yeah, but it's not as intimate. And I'm like, man, just think about when you can't do this stuff anymore and you gave to everybody else, what do you got for your family? Yeah. Like, we got to put it into programs. They got to read the book. And then if they want to do more, I need to have some kind of a program that teaches them the same things that I talk about in the book. I need to be able to go and speak in front of and make enough money and 45 minutes that would take me years of pretty much free mentoring people. You know, addicts don't have money families that call you by the time they've, they've expended everything they have left. Mm -hmm. And it's like, nah, you know, my family deserves to get theirs too. And my PhD in what not to do almost cost me my life. Right. I should be able to do the same as any other doctor, you know? So right. it's going to be, you know, really a book is only just a tip. It's a business iceberg, card. Right? <clears throat> like you don't right. get to be run in these circles if you don't have, they're like, do you have a book? Okay. Call me when you do. It just doesn't matter. They don't care about your story. Right. So it's just, uh, you know, you can write a book, but if you don't hit these, get these ribbons yeah. still, but now I'm, I'm one of the guys, <clears throat> the, the price of the book gets to be with the big boys, you know, it'll be at the front table at Barnes and Noble and have that number one international. And that's pretty freaking awesome for a That's so a, crazy. A dipshit. <laughs> Is there hard copies of this? There. Yeah, that'll be coming out. So mm. we do the push um, on the digital copy mm. to get that. So you can put that number one international on the, hard, yeah. on the hard copy. So yeah. that'll be out a week or two and uh, let the games begin. What a cool, uh, what a cool experience and cool, um, I mean, path to run where you were to the point where like, mm, let's just put the book out. I'll give it to my daughter, yada, yada. And somebody had the guts to say, no, 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 no. Yeah. <clears throat> there's something here. Yeah. And now here you are right now where you're, you're in the midst of like, holy shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what she's, she's like, it's, it's just barely started. You have no idea. Do you owe it to the story or do you owe it to the lady? 
uh, the story. You know, yeah. we both put in a ton of work. She she basically. What's it, her name? Uh, Bridget Cook Nielsen. I'm just kidding. She's amazing, and Hannah Lyon helped out. Um, and we just teamed up. We met every Thursday on a Zoom call and went over the chapters and changed things up. And it's a lot of work, it's especially so- I'm third. It's thirty five or thirty six chapters. Wow, three hundred and sixty one pages. Holy cow! So there's a lot of people, like all the players in the in the book, ex wives who got to tell their story without me protecting myself. And you know, it, I went all in. And for me, that's scary. But it's it's one of those things that like. If we want to change the way anything is done for our kids, then we got to tell our real story. Yeah. <clears throat> so did they, they interviewed like, like your yeah. ex-wife? They, my mom, my brothers, my ex-wives, their moms, like. Oh, this is all in the book too? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I wanted it to be like, there's my story. Everybody's. There's your story. And then there's what really life, happened. Right. You know? And so at the start, I had to say, hey, I don't hate the church. I don't hate anybody. This is my story. Right. Don't take offense. Right. Like, yeah. read, hear the message. And, uh, yeah, it was, like I said, very, probably the most healing thing I've ever done in my entire life. You know? It's cool how you, you went, you, you did it your own way, even though you never wrote a book before. Like, the fact that you just said, oh, I don't want those big words there. Like, I want to use my words. Yeah. And, that, like, I would have never even thought about that. Yeah. I would have been like, like, if I wrote a book, for example, and someone did that, I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's legit. I don't talk like that. So yeah, that's I don't what, know what that word is. People... That sounds smart. Yeah, yeah, Leave that yeah, in yeah, there. Right there right? He's like, no, 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 no. But but you're right because if I I haven't read very many books in my life, I've read a few. <laughs> I've read a few, but I get a chapter in, I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, yeah, because I, like... I I don't know what that means, and I just mm, I'll watch TV because I know what that means, yeah. right? But if yeah. I can digest it, yeah. to me, because like you, man, I 1.8 GPA, I didn't finish school you know i went and got a ged later on and all that bullshit but um to read something interesting and take something that oh i get that yeah i i I can i can see that in me because i mean at the end of the day rather you were a drug addict or you just got bullied or rather you just don't really love yourself you know to be able to take that like man you're right. I'm not alone. Yeah. And here's the million dollar question. You're a podcaster. You're going to do audiobook? Yeah. You are, so are you, you going <clears> to? <throat> I, I was going to. And again, I started and I got the prompter and I got like I did. I was sitting in my closet because they said go in your closet because the, right. the clothes absorb it. And put the top over because when I moved to her house, I didn't have a podcasting room. Mm-hmm. So I'm in there and start getting nervous and insecure and mumbling words and clap. So they know that's a screw up and start at the sentence again. And I tried six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times. And I was just like, this is never going to get done. <laughs> I, was, I don't read books. Yeah. I think I've read two books and it was during 75 hard. Cause you had to, I read yeah. think like a monk, which is <laughs> awesome by Jay Shetty and green light by Matthew McConaughey, who was a hell of a storyteller. Besides that, like just the thought of reading 361 pages for a non-reader, like no. So I, I finally I threw in the towel and I said, "Give me some cool, some cool male voices, and <clears throat> I'm gonna pick one." Oh, but you, but then you think that takes it away, though. I'm gonna do. So Matthew McConaughey's book, he he tells the story, but then in between he gives his version, like he pops in for 30 seconds mm. and says, "This is it." So I'm gonna do some pieces like that, so they have that, but. 
at the end of the day, it's like, it'll be probably seven hours of listening. That would take me 170 hours to perfect that. And I don't know if there's some AI things that can like Snoop Dogg's on one of these. You can put a book in to it and he reads it to you. (laughs) Oh shit, are you serious? Yeah. What is it, Speechify? (laughs) He's all, hey, I'm going to be your man. It's so funny. (laughs) So I listened to him read this book forever and... And I don't know if we can do something like that, but yeah, I really wanted to do it, but it's, uh, it's a lot and I got a lot going on. So I'd rather get it out and get the message out. And, uh, if they want the real thing, they can hire me to speak on stage. That's nice. Who are we going, who are we going for? Who's going to, who's got a sexy voice? <clears throat> uh, He's on me. He's the hell <laughs> Right now I do. No, I mean, I'm, I'm talking legit. We get like, Sam Elliott. Yeah. Who? Like that? <laughs> Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, dude. I love that too. Sam Elliott. What's the, the guy that does uh, Morgan Darth Freeman? Vader. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. That'd be Morgan a good Fre- one. Darth Vader. Oh, yeah, what was the guy that did? Oh, yeah. You could do, uh, what's his name? Um, it was Darth Vader's voice. Oh. James Earl Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. No, that's not him. Yes, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> they would get Bane to do it. Bane. He's all. <laughs> you were born in the dark. I was, like, I was born in the like, dark. They were my goats on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I did not abuse them. Beautiful. I love it. Do you find, uh, I, I, I see your videos and I see you doing like all these speeches at the high schools and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm sure that you get a lot of people that want to interact with you. They kind of, you know, they, they kind of feel connected to you because of your story. Do you also find people that are like, oh, fuck this guy? Yeah, usually parents. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, wow. I won't say who it is because he's no, pretty, right pretty high-end dude. But I went up to uh, Morgan and I've done the same speech I've done for 10 years. They shipped in. I did four uh, assemblies with 500-plus students in each one of them. Kids loved it, like yeah. standing O. Like, I look, I felt like a rock star. I had a fifth to eighth graders. I walked in. I'm not kidding you. They were screaming at the top of their lungs, like they just saw their favorite singer. And I'm like, I am never speaking to anybody but five fifth to eighth <laughs> graders again. My I was puffed up. But anyways, I share and because I bring up the church things like that. I called back mm, so the following here. day, and. I said, hey, how, how was the response? And she's like, the kids loved it, but we're in a lot of trouble. And the district's going to be calling you, and they want footage of, of your speech. I was like, for what? It's like, because you talked about the church, and some people aren't a part of the church, and it offended them. And I'm like, I talked about It's literally like three seconds where I said that I was getting baptized with my dad, and it was the greatest day of my life because the adults told me that my life was going to change. And to me, that meant I was going to be smart. I wasn't going to be bullied anymore. Right. That's that's it. Yeah. Like, that was the experience. Come to find out, this guy's, like, one of the head dudes at one of our ski resorts. His son's 18 years old, one of the biggest bullies in the school, mm. goes and throws a fit because he's an anti-Mormon and tries to get the lady that hired me fired, tries to get the principal in trouble. It's like... If you can't handle a speech and your son's 18 and that's the problem, that's the problem. Yeah. Don't go cutting heads. Like, so dumb. So I got right on the phone with the superintendent and said, hey, who? where do I need to sit? Like, nobody's getting fired because of what I said. 
I'm like, I'll, I'll send you whatever footage you need. So it's usually that, but kids really, uh, you can hear a pin drop with a thousand teenagers in the same room. Wow. They're always like, we'll try and keep them quiet. I would just smile. <clears throat> Within three minutes of my speech, everybody's at the edge of the seat. Like, and I do this thing. It's a really cool app that they can type in the six-digit number and ask questions anonymously. So at the oh. end, they're like, does anybody have any questions? No teenager's going to raise his hand. Like, I've been right. thinking about killing myself. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm on drugs. Dude, I'll get 70, 80, 90 questions Jeez. and have, just sit and answer them in life. Boom, 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 real stuff. And it's like, nobody's getting up and leaving. Everybody's in their seat. Everybody's typing on their phone. And it's like, what I always... What a brilliant way to do this. Right? Because I would always do Q&As and nobody would dare ask anything. Yeah. I'm like, so finally I started handing out t-shirts. That cost me a bundle. Kids like, hey, I've been thinking about I masturbating. We did the same thing on this podcast. Who wants yeah. to come with us? We don't get any response. Yeah. <laughs> so we found that and then it tracks the data right. and all that okay. stuff. So I have, it's, it's just really cool way to do it. I send out surveys to the parents, to the teachers, and to the students so they can see how far off what they think they know, what they think's going on in their home, or what they think's going on with their kids in class, and then I show them the students' answers, and they're like, parents are 10, we know everything, our kids are great, they don't need mental health, anything, blah, blah, blah. 99% are like, I, anxiety, I think about hurting myself, I'm addicted to A, B, C, and D. It's like, so who's lying here? Right, yeah. Like if we don't, and then parents are mad at the teachers and the teachers hate the parents. It's like, we got to come together. Right. You know, these teachers that don't get paid enough have your kid and a thousand others just like them every day. You can barely stand them for half the day. Like they're disrespectful. They're rude. They're like, and then the teacher's going through something and then every kid has a different day. It's like, that's a lot. And if you don't have a team of people backing you up, supporting you, everybody's fighting everybody, nobody's going to want to do it. Yeah. So now they get a half-graded education because the teacher's pissed off or the kids are rude and the parents are overworked. It's like parents, they want to be the coach. They want to be this. They want to be, they're wearing too many hats. Do what you do well and hire out the rest. Right. Like that's why it's called the village effect. Like let the village raise the kid. Quit being so freaking red tapey. Right. It's like, man. Would you say every kid goes through something or there's all, there's there's that one pony out there that is completely fine? I think that there's a rare breed and like maybe single digit of kids that just kind of like blissfully things come easy to them and they mm-hmm. don't, they're just kind of even kill. But you're always, life's going to kick your ass regardless. Yeah. So I say... When I, when I open my speech, I always ask everybody, how many of you personally or know somebody who deals with anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, addiction, stand up? Every single time, every butt is out of the seat. Yeah. And the ones that are the most messed up, they're looking around to make sure that they're not going to be the first ones to stand. <laughs> but then it's like, Bleh. and then I'm like, hey, look around the room. They all look around. They're like, geez. I'm like, all right, now stay standing if you feel comfortable talking about those things. 99% of the butts are back in the seat. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, we have one thing that we share in common. Any race, money doesn't matter. We all struggle. Yeah. That should be the easiest conversation of all. But what do you do when you struggle? You isolate, you lie, you put on a mask, that fake face, the fake smile. I'm doing okay. Like, how are you doing? You want to be like, I'm fucking terrible. But you're like, nah, I'm I'm good. I'm getting through it. You're just left. You're lying. So at what point are we going to stop lying? And that's kind of what I want to bring to them. If they see a dude like me up on stage sharing some pretty 
vulnerable stuff. But the part about being vulnerable is that you've got to take the action on the other side. Right. And that's where it gets hard. That's where people use the attention seeking through they're, they're either worse than or better than. And it's ego works both ways. People understand that it can be, Oh, I'm better than everybody or I'm worse than everybody. It's, it's the same thing. So until we get to that place, we're like, nah, you have a problem. Let's work through it. And it's not a big deal. You got to go to the psych ward for six days. And like, we just got to catch it before it's a crisis. Like, do you do you have these conferences with with the kids and their parents or they're just the kids? Yeah, so I've started doing uh I because I'd go and share and I'd get this response and kids reaching out and writing me at midnight saying they're thinking about hurting themselves. So I'm like, Are you home? Yeah, well they don't dare talk to their own freaking family. Some stranger that came and spoke for forty five minutes, they're telling me the deep dark secrets. That's mm -hmm. a problem. Yeah. It's not a problem. I'm happy to help. Yeah. But it's a problem that you can't do it in your own freaking home. So I was like, something's got to change. So I, I got some of my buddies that are life coaches, therapists, things like that. So I took a group of kids and gave them my speech. And then they went into a breakout session. And we have this uh, program where it it's just circle the answer. It's like, what, what masks do you wear at home and with your friends? I'm the funny kid. I'm the sad kid. Like, it gives them an opportunity to see these coping skills that they're using that are bad. When do they use them? All these things. And at the end, there's this, it's a, called like a feelings word, will. It's like sad. Like, how do you feel? I'm mad. Why? I don't know. And then it goes out and it's like, I'm embarrassed. You hurt my feelings. It teaches them the proper vocabulary to explain what they're feeling rather than just being mad. And then the solutions on how to work through that life skills. So we get that. And then we'd come back like a week later after they did the packet and took it home and did it with their parents and then come back. And they were all like in junior high, openly standing up, sharing things that, Like I'm addicted to pornography and I'm da, da 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 right in front of their classmates. And it was cool. Nobody laughed. Nobody made fun of them. They were all hugging. <clears throat> and it's like, if we taught from kindergarten to fourth grade, how to be nice, how to love yourself, self-awareness, appreciation, meditation, and then get into the color paintings and, and all that other crap. Right. Imagine what type of little kids we'd have mm -hmm. not getting bullied and beat up on the playground because they're different. Different's great. If we were all the same, we'd all be dumb and dull. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to appreciate that stuff. It's like the little kid with a scar on his face, like he was born that way or the short kid or the tall guy or whatever. It's like, we didn't get to pick this. Yeah. You know, if there's a fat kid in elementary school, guess what? It's probably because his parents are overfeeding him. They're coping. He's, they're probably big. It's like, it's just bleeding down from generation to generation. And what are we going to do? Got to do something. So, That's this book just, I just felt like I just needed to go all in. I'll take the, the lash back that I get, but I know that the love and appreciation that I'm going to get is going to just outweigh anything bad that comes. And the ones that are bad, they get to go look in the mirror. Yeah. Must have touched something on them. <clears throat> you know? we, when, I, I mean, we, we all grew up here. <clears throat> Angel came from Mexico, but growing up here and I'm not going to label it, um, I was grown up around uh, all religious individuals, right? And when I went to school, I didn't get anybody that would come talk to me about some of the things like that. Yeah. Um, I got guys that would bring fucking birds and fly across and, and people that would cheer or whatever, but nobody ever talked to you about, like, you okay? Yeah. And it's okay to not feel okay, but yeah. how do we fix that, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, they'd bring the cop in to scare you about all the consequences yeah, of if absolutely. you did something wrong. It wasn't like, hey, And all that did all was intrigue up. me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah. 
This is your brain on drugs. I gotta do it so he doesn't find out. You know, and then I I actually got I actually got the cop and and like back home. It was more of a hey, we have a like a conference per se with the cop, and then it's like, just you guys know, there's kids your age that are doing this and that. We're like, okay, but it wasn't like that, right? Like it wasn't. Yeah, like and let's not talk about those kids. Let's talk about you. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, we just have a lot of uh, expectation, unrealistic expectations, of wanting to be perfect or impress our parents. Because I think a lot of parents never shared their fails, never made it okay to not be perfect. They just just like, I don't want my kid to be like me, so we're gonna go hard here. But that working class of those people taught their kids. Yeah, like our parents. It's, it's that's not just even the there. way it was. Yeah, I'm, and that's that's the thing with my book is, I didn't want to put blame on anybody. I took a hundred percent ownership, and know that this is this is what it is. But now I know. So how can we as a community change things? So. It's like I, I, I used to get after my mom. If you would have just let me fail earlier in life, then I wouldn't have blah, blah, blah. Like, looking back, like, they did everything they knew to do. People didn't talk about mental health. Nobody yeah. knew what rehab was. Yeah. So, and people kept secrets in their basement. Like, yep. your kid's a punk. Like, we ain't telling nobody. Yep. Do not ruin our family name. <laughs> yep. So, and I think it's, you know, we give Utah a hard time, and there's some counties in Utah that are pretty tough, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, bigger houses, nice cars, whatever, living off a credit card. But I think you go anywhere. You go to Boston, the Catholics are probably pretty tough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pretty tough, yeah. you know. Yeah. And the Bible Belt. And, you yeah. know, I think it's just that rather than uh, – have you guys ever read um, or listened to, and if you haven't, um, Outwitting the Devil? It's, it's an insanely powerful book, and it's this guy who – really believed that he had this conversation with the devil and it's two voices on the audible and he What's asked the devil outwitting the devil and it's like napoleon hill one of the most famous writers ever it's awesome but he talks the devil says okay you want to know how i control 98 percent of the community he's like i use teachers i use church leaders and he's like when people teach out of fear i control them when they teach out of faith i can't touch them so how many times have we been fear-based? If you do this, you're going to catch, you know, you're going to go to hell, all that type of stuff. 90% of the kids that grow up, that's how they were taught. Yeah. It was just fear. So it's, it, if you, yeah, it's a power. We're, we drive to my gym still in Centerville every morning. So we got an hour, at least an hour drive. Oh, shit, that's right. You go from here at least yeah. Centerville, that's right. So, and so we're listening to it. We're just like, pause. Are you like, it was just punching us in the face like holy crap everybody should read this freaking book and it was so strong that he didn't even put it out because the devil warned him if you put this out you will be damned not by me but by all these people that you're going to expose so they didn't put it out till him and his wife were dead and the foundation fine it was written in 1930 no 1930 1930 and they didn't release it till 2011 out of his foundation like it's insane teachers so you go to school, you don't work in groups, you take tests silently alone. What do you do in the real world? You sit around a round table and you whiteboard it. So we're taught to sit still and don't do this and you're grounded and all these things and that's fear-based and it's, it's crazy. It'll make you, huh. it'll make you a different parent. It'll make you question and hopefully change the way like that generational 
trauma that we keep passing down, it kind of gives you a good view at like what your parents must have gone through. It gave me a lot of love and compassion for my parents and what they had to go through and what their parents had to go through the Great Depression. You know, it's like they're pretty tough people. Yeah. You know, and nobody had anxiety back then. You weren't, no, you weren't allowed no, to. Absolutely not. You know, different like, world. And, and yeah. obviously, you know, I, I, I feel bad for my kids. I mean, I have young daughters and I every day they go to school and they come back and I, I talk to them about their day and I just like. God damn, man. I mean, I thought I had it tough as a kid. Yeah. Don't even compare to Dude, what you the guys bullies have to deal with. Behind a fake account. Back in the day, if you wanted to bully, you had to do it to my face. And you had a pretty good chance you're going to get slapped or I was going to get slapped. Yes, but at least we had to figure it out. Absolutely. Now it's, it's bad. I don't, don't let our kids get online. Good. It's one thing that we do not do. And I mean, I have a teenager and, I, and she just... She rebel against us. Like, I want a phone. I want this. I'm like, I just don't think that that shit's good for you right now. Yeah. Because even so, as a 42-year-old man, I see that. I'm like, hey, my fucking feelings are hurt. And I don't even know this motherfucker, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, for Christ's sake. That's, like, yeah. He's 12, for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough because everybody's blasting their best best self. and That's, you know, the th- that's what it is. Sitting on Every- the front of a Ferrari at 21 and... Yeah. Really, it's just somebody else's car, and he's making it look like his. So it's, it's just not real, and these kids are feeling left out. So I was like, how many followers do I ask the teenager all the time? Like, how many followers do you have on Snapchat? And they're like, ah, oh, a thousand. Like, how many from the school? A lot. How many of those do you actually talk to face-to-face? None. Like, they're walking text and passing all these people that they talk to all the time online, but never in the real world. It's like that. there's a big disconnect We've got to, you got to have that social aspect of adapting and seeing what feels good and what doesn't. And, you know, that's one question I ask people is like, if you're trying so hard to be a part of this group, if you don't feel better having leaving them, why would you want to be around them anyways? It's like the popular kids, they're usually the mean ones. And it's because they got 50 friends that they're disposable. Like I can call these guys anytime they're going to come to my house. Screw you. It's like the, the. It's it's pretty wild, and to hear the things that I hear in the junior highs, the way they talk, it's, I didn't hear that stuff till college. <laughs> like <laughs> that Pornhub and all that's teaching some bad vocabulary. Like the thing, I'm like, you don't even know what that is. Mate, yeah, I do. <laughs> like you better not. <laughs> like, jeez, you know they just you talk. It's crazy. It's scary. And parents think their kids are golden, and you know we all want to think that, but people wear a face at home and they wear a face at school, and and they just need to. She's amazing. My wife's amazing at allowing her, her relationship with her kids is so open and honest and they come to her for everything and they talk about everything. And I'm like, no, we need to have rules. And I was just thinking like, no, we got to have, if, if they can't come home and talk to us about this stuff, like that's what I'm preaching about. But it's so instilled in me that I couldn't do that. So I'm learning I'm learning all sorts of stuff. Yeah, all because we didn't me. we didn't talk to our parents like that, no. right? <clears throat> yeah. We've uh, Mariah, was, mm-hmm. you know, um, she did this the salty sex cast. It's not around anymore. But hopefully, they bring it back. You know, but, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. the way you know she came in and we started talking about uh, my daughters into boys, and I was like, nope, nope. But she's like, no, you're fucking up, you know. And I got a straight up lesson in parenting where she says, no, you go in and you sit on the floor. And you talk to your kids, you know, they're above you and you let them tell you everything. And I says, nah, I don't think that is the way. And I've, I've brought those lessons into my kids and I'm like, oh yeah, this is the way, this is the way to get your kids to open up. Yeah. You don't shun them for the things that they think, because we all think those things. We all feel those things inside, but just 
let it out. And you know what? It's uh, it's changed my life as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you, you guys have seen uh den of thieves. Yeah. When 50 cent tucks that kid's bandana scene. He's like, let me talk to you for a minute. Takes him in the other room and all his homies are in there and just gets on him about that. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And it's like, if I want my daughter to ever talk to me and yeah. be open, I can't do that. Yeah. So navigating, she's 14 now and I'm, Almost monthly, I'm like, hey, I do not know what I'm doing right now. So, <laughs> do you want to hang out? Do you want to chill on the couch with your on your phone? Like, I'm here, but you need to, you kind of need to guide me through this because I want to be, I want to be a, a friend. Obviously, you got to be a parent. You got to hold me accountable for some stuff, but I got to be. I want to know what's going on. I don't want her to fear me. You're so. you're a, you're a very <clears throat> very eccentric individual. Where did you where did you guys meet? Uh, you want the full story? <clears throat> and and I I asked this because um, you're uh, you're a very strong personality individual. You're you're a you're quite the talker. That's why you <laughs> you do such good podcasts. So we know you can come in here and there's not going to be. Yeah, just well, nice so uh, do you watch the game last night? Yeah. Right? We know that we're going to have some good content because yeah. you can just keep rapid fire and go. Um, yeah, so I was uh, coaching wrestling and I was at the Legacy Event Center, that big like barn deal yeah. in Farmington. And I'm on my phone and I'm walking and I looked up and I, I saw her butt and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm walking around and I'm seeing and she's gorgeous but I was getting called down to go coach one of my wrestlers. I'm like, I'm going to find her. And Yo, he'll this, be fine. He'll be fine. Nice <laughs> sports bra on, tummy showing. <laughs> You'll be fine. You got this right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be over here. Don't get pinned. <laughs> and so I went down. I came back buddy? up. Uh, sure. And Do you need anything? No, I'm good. And uh, I came back up, and I couldn't find her anywhere. And I'm like, I was looking. It was an all-day event. And at the end of the day, I couldn't find her, and I'm walking up the stairs, and there she is. But now she's with who I imagine is her son and two old people, which I know now to be my mother and (laughs) father-in-law. And so I'm, like, trying not to be creepy. I'm walking down. I go out of my truck, and I this sounds bad, but it's not as bad as it sounds. But I was like, I'm going to wait here for 10 minutes, and if she comes out, I'm going to talk to her. And uh, she didn't come out, and then I was like, I'm going to follow Kind of a home. little prayer <laughs> to the universe. I'm like, I, I don't know why I felt something, but I'm yeah. like, if I'm supposed to know this woman, put her in my life. Month went by and I was on Tinder and uh, this picture comes up. And I'm like, Man, she looks familiar. And I commented on it, on one of her pictures. And she wrote back and we, we started talking and she's very open too. Like for me, first few conversations, I'm going to ask all the hard questions. Like, I want to know what you're doing, what you want. Like, I don't want to fall in love and then get all the shit. <laughs> like, well, we'll figure that out. Like, no, I've, I've, I've done that too many times. So we're talking, and and I'm like, hey, I got to go in a second. I'm, I got to go to wrestling. She's like, oh, my boy wrestles. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's probably where I know you. Because we were trying to figure it out. And we didn't run in the same groups at all. And she sends me a picture, and it was of her that day. And I was like, I hope this doesn't sound creepy, but... And I remember you, you from from wrestling. <laughs> and so we went on a date, and uh, I, we went to Market Street, and, you know, you got to pay to park. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, meet me in the parking lot. 
So when I said that, she she said she turned on her location, called like six friends, said he wants to meet me in the parking lot. Of course. <laughs> and I just wanted to pay for her parking. Yeah. So she gets out. She's as tall as me. You know, we talked a little bit about, you know, where are we at in the world. And she's a very successful, she was a business owner, sold out, millionaire, flips massive homes, has a big real estate portfolio, way more successful than me. So now I'm insecure. She asked my height. I'm like, I'm 5'8". She's like, I've only dated guys over 6'5". I'm like, fuck. God damn it. Isn't that the way? Some so I'm already just like tippy-toeing. Like, hey, how was your day? Oh, of course. Of course. You know, and we, we got talking and it just was awesome. And then we talked on the phone the whole way home and pretty much spent every day since. And I don't want to get too much. Can I tell about your story a little bit? So, her late husband committed suicide and uh, did it in front of her. And she has three young boys. And it's like, this is exactly, we couldn't have been more perfect for each other. I've been working on that stuff for the last 13 years of my life. I know what that feels like. I know how I could come in. And our relationship is so pure, like, Nothing but honesty. You do not do this. And it's, I've never been able to have that. Right. Like they always tell you that, but then you tell the truth and you get in trouble. So it's been hard, but she's just the most compassionate, been through so much stuff, you know, successful in every area of her life and the, the love she has for me. I've never felt that. And, uh, and then to come in with her boys who are just, they just want to be loved. And we've had a really, really cool Cool startup, and so she's way better than me, and she's good at things that I'm not, and I'm good at things that she's not, and we're both humble enough to share the pants. And, uh, you know, in her former life, she had to be the boss. Like, she's running a multimillion-dollar company, 450 employees, like, like real housewives of Salt Lake City style. And she's found her feminine side and doesn't have to live in that masculine and helping me find my feminine side and be softer. And like, it's just, that's, this is how relationships are supposed to be. So I how, long, how, long, super how long ago was this? You guys met? Uh, about seven months. So seven months? Yeah. So, and that sounds crazy, but no, the no, amount no. of work that no, you no. put in, like, where we're at in our worlds and what we're not willing to put up with and what we're willing to do. It was like we had boardroom conversations, like second conversation, like, nah, if, if any of this stuff isn't real. And then, she, she, you know, we didn't want to get married. She wanted to live together first, which is cool, too, because, you know, yeah. if you've ever been married and then you got together and you spend some time together, you're like, this you're not what you said you were. Oh, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. So, and it would just kept getting oh, you better. Shit too? <laughs> oh man! Put the door open. <laughs> you know, and it just was like, I I just feel so humbled and blessed and just grateful for her and in our relationship. She brings so much to my life and 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 I hate to say this out loud, but it's i don't know if i've ever been in a relationship where i truly valued the opinion and for business or like holding me accountable without back well you do like i really listen when she talks and she does the same for she me she calls you out on your shit oh yeah she's a and it's i don't even have to get mad at it because she's yeah. right it's like <laughs> dang man so yeah just super in love and blessed to have Heidi in my life nice. and 
yeah, she's she's a powerhouse. So yeah, when she gets close, you guys will have to have her on. She's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, for yeah, sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Sure. So. It kinda, it, it's kind of cool how you guys because I I actually saw it through your social media. Yeah. All, all of a sudden, we're like, wait, he, he's hey. engaged. Yeah. Well, <laughs> wait. What? What? And then all of a sudden, it's like they're getting married already. We just met this girl, and by the way, met we, you, yeah, we, met, we, you we. met you through through social media, right? He was like, yeah. "Wow, we just met this girl." Um, but uh, I will say one thing. Um, I one of the experiences that I've had with with you, um, and this is literally the second time we see each other. Um, I went through a rough patch when I got divorced and I went through like a really low one. He's a witness of it. I came out here and I opened up and I ended up bawling my eyes out. But without you knowing me, you were to, you reached out to me and you were like, you all right? And I was like, I don't know. I think so. And again, without knowing me, you were like, you and I should get together. Let's go out to eat. Let's go out and do this. Let's do. This. And to me, it was, I think I, I was at a point in time that I was like, Oh, I really need that, especially from someone that is like that I don't know because I could just open up and I'm like, kind of like a therapist per se, which I'm still looking for one if you're interested. <laughs> um, but I, I, I thank you for that because I, uh, it was one of those where I was like, oh, I guess you don't need to know somebody to be nice in like a situation where I'm talking about depression and I'm talking about, oh, I'm, I really hit rock bottom and and. Out of all the people, like, you know, my, my guy over here and some close friends, they were like, we got you, you know, we, some of them have gone through the same thing, but like you, it kind of, it was kind of special because I didn't, I, I still don't know you, right? Like we know through social media. Yeah. And you were like, you know, I'm, I'm here, you, you, you want to talk about it? I'm here whenever you want to talk. And I was like, I kind of do, I kind of <laughs> do want to talk. Um, so thank you. I, yeah. I, that was, that was one of the, I will never forget that. I was like, yeah. Oh, like shit like that to me. It, it, it means, it mean it really means a lot. Yeah. So one of the, I call it a blessing and a curse. I think I was so just in my own oh, shit so if I called when you, I like, was oh, struggling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the, the, I can, and I hate like even saying it, but I can see and feel people's energy yeah. in a sense. Like I'm so tuned in to what's around me now that I can walk into a room and pick out really? exactly what's going on with people. And you can put on a fake face and a fake smile, but I feel because I lived it for so many years. And a lot of times talking to somebody that you don't know and that really doesn't play a part in your life. It's sometimes it's easier to go yeah. all in and be like, I'll never talk to him again. Fuck you. you know. <laughs> or you build a good relationship and you know that, you know, a lot of people, some of my best friends, I don't see them hardly ever, but I can call them at any time and they'll show up. And, yeah. and that it's like, we have our daytime friends, our work friends and all that stuff. But then you got those ones that if you hit rock bottom that you can call and they're going to, they love you enough to tell you the truth. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're struggling and you're depressed as shit, they don't hand you a joint and a bottle of tequila. Right. Like, hey, drink it away. Like, yeah, I'm gonna wake up ten times worse tomorrow. Yeah. Like, no. It's like let's let's go box. I'll punch you in your face. You probably you won't box. be as depressed. <laughs> you know, it's like, if you're gonna beat yourself up, let me do it for you. Like, at least you'll have an excuse. You know. Yeah. So I tell kids like, if if you next time you think about killing yourself, call me and we'll go spar. They're like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I know. You don't want to hurt yourself either. Like, yeah. like you're hurting inside. You want the pain to go away. You don't. We don't want you to go away, so stick around. So just remember that I'm a phone call away yeah. at any time for either one of you guys. But it's just that it's 
It's like going to a single marriage counselor. <clears throat> like, there's people that read about it, and then there's people that have been through it. Yeah. yeah. And and they're not just been through it, but come out the other side. They've done the work to get out of it. It's like time does not heal all wounds. It yeah. blurs it. It stuffs it. But unless you dig it out, it's it's going to come back out at a shitty time. Yeah. In your next relationship. At work when it shouldn't. At a guy who cut you off on the freeway. Like, you know. So it's important that you, you clear your day. Every day. Are you getting the phone calls and the texts, like, throughout the night? In the middle yeah. Of the- I've, uh, I, I've kind of stepped away. I do some one-on-one stuff with people. But I was helping anybody and everybody. And part of that is when you mix energies, man. It's hard to shake theirs. I was doing more work than they were willing to do. It's like, now, you if you want to work with me, I'm interviewing you. Right. Yeah. If you're not willing to do the work, I i got better things to do. I, I won't go spend time with my wife and my kids. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to convince you of anything. So if you truly hit rock bottom and you're ready to do whatever I ask you to do, if I tell you to go climb that tree, you go climb the damn tree. And if I tell you to jump out the top, you just need to do it trusting that I have a plan. So it's it's I need that type of person around me now. Yeah. And so... For I used to help ten out of ten people. Now I'll help two out of ten. It's easier just because they're not ready. Right like save your money, right? yeah. save your money. <clears throat> Go hit rock bottom. Hit the real right. rock bottom. You know, it looks you got the backhoe out there. You're ready to cut one more line. You know, so it's it, I'm more selective because it. I I hit rock bottom, man. Yeah. Dealing with everybody else's shit, especially working with youth and suicide and yeah. stuff. You see a twelve year old in a casket. It's just, it's yeah, a lot. On you, right? It's a lot. Yeah. And uh, if I work with you, if I work with a kid or you, I also want to talk to everybody else who's going to be up in your world. Because if I help you and you're feeling good and you go home and your wife re-indoctrinates you into feeling like a piece of shit, I'm not going to do it. Because yeah. then we're going to have the same damn conversation the next time we meet. Like, how's your week? Oh, man, me and my wife are fighting like we just talked about that. Yeah. Like, then go stay at a hotel for a minute until I can get you in a good place. Right. So it's a... A community event when I do work with people, because um, it takes a lot. And that's why, you know, another reason I wrote the book, I want to, I'm kind of transitioning out of being the guy. I don't want to have to be there. Right. I want you to read through my stuff. If it touches you in the soul and you're ready to do the work, then let's talk, you know. But for my close friends or people that are, you know, reaching out, yeah, I always answer the phone. Yeah. Speaking of jumping out of the tree, you got that video on your social media Jumping out of that cliff. Dude, <laughs> did you see one of my daughters? Yeah, right? Did you see right? it? Oh. I was like, look up, rope swing Moab. Those Rob, are my boys. We believe you, you don't have to do it. <laughs> and you're just like, sometimes you have to. Yeah. Like, my daughter, Jesus. she was the first one to jump out of like, I think there was about 15 of us, grown men, like, towing the edge, like, nah, I'm going to wait for a minute. And Sophie's like, I'll go. They're like, how do you want to jump? And like, will you throw me? So two dudes got her and hugged her. Looked like a dead body. Whoosh, launched her <laughs> off, and she's like, I just loved it. She's a fearless little at? thing. It's in Moab. It's called Moab, Rope Swing yeah, Moab Rope Swing. on uh, Instagram. And uh, I think it's $400 for the first jump, and then I think they charge like 75 for the second. But <clears> people are like, oh, that's a lot. But it's like you go there, especially if you're afraid of heights. You go there, and I promise you the man who jumps will not be the same one who comes back yeah. up. That's You'll get more therapy that. in the minute and a half or two minutes while you're dangling there doing this thing. Your life will flash before your eyes, and then you'll come back and be like, That's the thing. I'm like, on I'm, a safety I'm harness. Af- I'm, I'm not afraid of highs, per se, but I'm afraid of that high. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when I see 450 like, foot. 
what drop is it? 450 feet and you're going right at this so it goes down and the the rock comes out and right before you get by it, that's when the rope kicks oh, in and you swing out so far and it's just super cool so it was it's just one of those things like for me sitting in a therapist's office it it's useful and things like that but you know taking a cage fight off of facebook you're to face my fears junkie. or so. cliff jumping or getting and i got certified as a skydiver because the second you leave that plane you can't be afraid anymore you got to figure some shit out or you're gonna die and it's just teaches you how like high risk situations which a lot of us live in that stuff whether it's friendships or family members or whatever we got to learn how to just shut it down, slow things down. So fighting for me, jujitsu, things like that. It's like slow motion. I don't, li- I don't react out of fear anymore. I react out of confidence. You know, if I see a bad situation, I don't run into it. Like, Hey, what, what's going on here? Yeah. I'm like, nah, I'm going to stay over here. <clears throat> it's like, so all those things for me, it's therapy, you know, especially if my daughter's brave enough, confident enough, and just at that point, it, you have to go, right? You're yeah. like, well, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we got her into boxing and she wrestles and, and just does a lot of stuff that I didn't want her to grow up and ever need a man to be manipulated, like not know how to change a tire and not know that it's okay for her. If somebody does something, not then she can choke his ass out and come home and be like, dad, my boyfriend's dad's going to be calling you. <laughs> you know, I don't want to have her Probably coming in not though, crying yeah. after some dude because she was insecure, didn't love herself yeah. enough, let some dude do something to her. Because at that point, that's when I have to go get a felony. Yeah. And I don't want that. I want her to understand situations and understand that it's okay. She can, she can say no and she can leave situations and not let me, Hey, let's just go do, you know, like I trained her to not date dudes like me. You know, I was that manipulative dickhead. Me too. That's all in the book. You know, I was not, not, I was not a good dude, you know? So I just want to give her the, what's really coming down the pipeline conversation and tools, not the, Hey, everything's going to be okay. Knight in shining armor. It's like, if he's got shining armor, he hasn't done shit. He needs to be dented up and some battle wounds. Yeah. So he has some respect. So, so life coaching. Now you're a quote unquote, a writer. You're a podcaster, you're a football coach, you have your own gym. If you have to do one out of all of those, what would it be? Father. That's what I said. Can I retire now? I'd rather be a father and a husband. (laughs) Yeah, man. Family, the more more I get into this thing, the more, like, at the end of the day, who who you're laying your head down next to has got to be number one. No. And everything else from that, if that's good, everything else is just a little bit better. You know, if you're fighting at home and fighting, going to work, you're just like, or wanting to be at work longer than you want to be at home. Like, it's just all another mask, man. So I'm focused a lot on our relationship and putting her first because at the end of the day, the kids are going to leave in a little bit. And I want to know, I don't want to be like, oh, I've been a father and I took time away from my wife. You know, I want to be... We're the king of the king, queen of the castle, and teach our kids what they need to know and get them self sufficient as early as possible, which she's done an amazing job. And so that we're confident when they leave the house, they're not going to be well, moving back in at 30. Too, right? Three boys. <laughs> you know, I had a big, big ego and great ideas, but I didn't want to listen to anybody about the business plan. So I failed a lot in my younger years and wound up on my parents' couch after a lot of fails. You know, multiple times, and the last time was at 31 years old, needle in my arm, and newly divorced. 
Like, at some point, I need to shut up and get out of my own way. So, yeah. you know, I, I think just this relationship right here, and then I know whatever happens is going to be going to be good. And you know, I'm getting to be a student again, learning from her, and it's just something powerful about about not being in charge. Always you know, learning. That's yeah. Always All, taking uh, student forever. And opinions and you know, and being you know. around a new sport. I've never, pl- I didn't play football or anything. I'm the freaking head coach. They're like, uh, do you have a playbook? I'm like, nope, but I'm going to find a dad that does. <laughs> so I got these cool dads that come in and they're killing it. And we're five and one. They went two and eight all season last year. Wow. We're already, we're put up with the big kids. The they one team, we're a D four. Wow. So we got put in the big leagues wow. and, uh, because of our, st- the start of the <clears throat> season and seeing these kids and being in a new environment and with people that don't know me, you know, Davis County, I can go around and people know who I am. So they're going to listen a little bit more. I'm just some tattooed dude in Harriman. And it's been a cool experience to make new friends and learn from that, learn from her boys. And it's just, yeah, I just like the, the farther down this mental health road I get, the more I know I don't know. And that's a great place to be. Yeah. When you know everything, you're fucked. That's going to be, God, God's going to be like, okay, fall from grace. Whap. You know? It's true. So, so true. take care of those around you and you'll never be homeless. Wow. So what's next for the tattoo coach? Man, we we were talking about it. We were kind of like uh, in limbo. You know, I'm, I'm we're actually uh, moving my gym to daybreak. And uh, I have a partner in the gym. But I've been like in that place where like what I stepped down from wrestling coaching and like my daughter's gonna be playing sports. Her, our, my son's gonna be wrestling too. It's like I want to go see my kids. Yeah. I've put in, I've put in a lot, the last thirteen years of my life to my community, and not saying that I haven't got some props back or whatever, but um, it's time to to give back to my family and me. So I've been waiting for the book to come out and see what that does because that it's kind of like a business card for the mm-hmm. next level of speaking and bigger stages and. And obviously more money and things like that. So I was waiting. Like, if this book bombs, I'm going to go, I've got to go back to work. So we're looking good. So I'm hoping to just get on bigger stages. Yeah. Um, put together some coaching programs that people can do online so I can make money whether I'm here in Switzerland or with my wife and let her lead the way. And she's getting yeah. ready to get back on the horse. And she's, uh, we're finding that, She's enjoyed some time off and she's retired and she doesn't need to work and things like that. But part of who she is is she's she thrives she's when driven. doing, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it makes her happy. And although we'd love to spend every second and do everything together, I, I've really today saw the passion and her happiness spike when when she's giving back. So I'm gonna have to give some of my time back and. <laughs> no, but it's just cool. I'm just freaking grateful and humbled by this experience, and I don't know. Okay. I just get prompted, and whatever comes next, I just try and act on it. When I plan, shit gets fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I just God's plan for me, you know? It's just do the next right thing. Here's my question. <clears throat> you can just kind of turn your head to this one. So when are we getting back in the ring? I know. I was thinking about I that, know, man. Right? I wanted one more. Back, right? Just one more. Just one more. Yeah. On so, yeah. I was thinking about it, and, like, I'm a better fighter now than I ever was when I was actually fighting. Of course. Like, my rest, I've been a wrestling coach for the last decade. 
six months out of the year. And it's it's like you don't have to get stronger. You just get smarter. Like, I see things differently now. Ten steps ahead. Yeah. No. So with jujitsu and things like that, I can roll with guys. And I don't really have any formal jujitsu training, just some YouTube stuff and goofing around doing my MMA stuff, but never, like, been coached or any of that stuff. And, and you're good with that? We're going to go oh, start doing jujitsu. Never mind. Yeah, let's yeah. Let's you won the lottery. Here we go. <laughs> so I think about it and then I think of the. Because my the wife would be cut. like, listen here, motherfucker. <laughs> if, I would, if somebody would ask me that question in front of her, listen here, shut your mouth. <laughs> he needs to go yeah. cook. <laughs> yeah. So. Because yeah. so, you look good. It. You if, look good. If I were to do it, I'd have to make sure. I'm not cutting weight, and whoever I'm fighting needs to be at their walking weight. That weight cut <laughs> is just almost died my last one. I started warming up, and I started, like, getting lightheaded and stuff. It's a big problem. And my coach is like, I'm like, dude, I can't even do this. He's like, we've been hitting this for 45 seconds. We normally warm up for 45 minutes. Go in sweating. And uh, he's like, well, looks like you got one round. Luckily, I knocked the kid out in 38 (laughs) seconds. (laughs) But when I went home, I blacked out. And the night before, 20 pounds in four days, Mm. eight hours in the sauna. So that's what happened is... I had taxed my heart so much, I had a heart murmur. So I had to wear a monitor, go through all these things. And I was like, man, it is just not worth it. You know, if somebody wants to have to do it and not cut weight. I got one of those. Cool kids And that, but like we, I spar and stuff like that. But I think if anything, and I got a fused neck now too. Which okay, well, maybe uh, <laughs> that's what I like. Me, I want to do it. It's not so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so I took some... that back. I took that back. I'm sorry. I guess I didn't know the whole perspective of what it's talking about. Nice so slid across my so, throat. Uh, when are we going hardware. golfing? Other way. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I would still rock climb and and do some other stuff. That's I just came from rock climbing with one with a young client. Love that, and you know, still got the wrestling, KTM jiu-jitsu. I bought the 2023 factory edition. Oh, it yeah. is so sexy. So yes, and then she, her boys have motorcycles. Like yeah, oh, we got surrounds of motorcycles. My daughter's got one. Like we just everything just fit. I was writing a book. She's writing a book. Like she coaches. I coach. Like it's just super cool. When are you moving the the gym? Our last day. We got to be out October 31st. What's coming then? Yeah. Holy shit. You Do you have to, a place we're, in? Yeah, and, we're looking at a spot um, over, I don't even know where it is. Daybreak. Daybreak. Like the new B stadiums going up across the street. Yeah. And yeah. It's going to be a, you know, we'll have to bump up the popularity. Because we've been onesie twosies, like higher end stuff. Yeah. But we, we'll need to run it. And and my partner wants to do more uh, MMA stuff, so we'll, we have two. We're looking at two facilities that are side by side, so we'll have the gym in one, and then and people who come to work out they don't necessarily like to watch people fighting, yeah, and stuff like that. So we have a little separation. We'll do all pads and padded walls. I'm gonna so have to he can do that kid that. stuff, and because it, it's uh, so my mother lives in Daybreak, and it's a lot closer to me than where you're at. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and I think just training in MMA, having some brothers and training partners where you get a, you get to go 50, 60, 70% some days, it gets a little more, but you hug after and you get to go home at the end of the night. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're not going with a broken nose and bloody sinuses and, you know, it's just, it's a lot when you're in there in a, going 100% with people. And now amateurs, there's head kicks, 
and all that where they weren't when I was fighting. Right. It's just like, man, as much as I want to get in there, I don't want to get head kicked. Because <laughs> for me, fitness in general, that's my mental health tool, number one. Yeah. And when I'm out, dude, I struggle. I, I've tore my bursa and all that stuff. That's what this tape's for. And I haven't been able to work out for like six weeks. Dude, I'm losing my mind. So it's like... Ugh consequences reward like yeah. i weigh those a little more now i'm about to be 46 years old and i like to i like my life and i just need to pump the brakes sometimes it's hard to do when though, that right yeah when the hard copy comes out we're gonna have to put one <clears throat> over here as a yeah as i'm not saying it because it's mine but it's a good book <laughs> no, I'm like, uh, you have to. so you can get on amazon right now yep dollar right? 99 today $1. tomorrow $1. it's gonzo Oh, yeah, it won't be up. So today's the well, last day. Well, good thing you brought her, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Today, it'll be, yeah, $1.99. You go on to just onto my Facebook or Instagram or whatever and uh, and get on that. But for people that are going to be looking, I think it's still only going to be like six ninety nine for the Kindle version. Okay. But you don't need a Kindle. You can read it on your phone just or whatever. Phone, right? that just You go to the app, and it lets you do it on any device. And then the hard copy will be out. Um, I don't know. They said a week or two. And that'll be also available on Amazon. It'll be on my stuff. So if people want it, check me out on Instagram and absolutely do all that. So. <clears throat> One question I want to ask you, and I knew you would be the guy to ask. Um, <clears throat> we talk about people in recovery, and I, uh, I, I, near and dear, I have uh, somebody I love very much who's who's battling, who is getting on that track to their they're fixing their life. Everybody asks the question, well, what do you say to an individual who is recovering? Like, what, what's your best advice? My question is, what is the advice you would give to people who love an individual in recovery? So there's a group called Al-Anon, and that teaches them how to live with people like that. Because what we do is we love people, and we want it more than they want it. So I tell people, if you've reached out, and they're not listening, and they're that... Don't expend your resources until they're ready. Love them, but you don't have to go around and pick up their mess. Like, don't rob them of their natural consequences, but let them know, I love you. I'm here when you're ready. So many people get sent to rehab. They come out day one and relapse because they did it for their parents. They did it for court or whatever. It can be harmful because then you get resentment. You put money out that is going to be needed in a couple of months when they actually are ready. Right. Just remind him he's worth it. He can do it. You've got his back, but you're not going to have the same conversation over and over and over again. Don't call me when you're drunk. Don't call me when you're messed up. Call me when you're sober, and I'm happy to talk through it. If you want to ride to rehab, I got you. I'll take you to the hospital. I'll buy you some food, but I'm not going to. I can't. I can and it's even hard for me, but most individuals are not emotionally equipped to deal with a mentally ill person. Not when they're active. Right. So love them from afar. Remind them they're worth it. Send a text message, whatever. And when that time comes, you're going to be the first one to pop into their head. But when you get in there and you push and push and push and show emotion, all that does to me when I was using is it makes me feel worse. Like, I love you too. And I'm making you feel this way. Like, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to distance myself. And now I'm even more isolated. Like, we already know we're screwing up. Don't remind yeah. us. Yeah. Just let them know, hey, thinking about you, love you. Call me if you need anything. And that doesn't mean bailed out of jail. That doesn't right. mean let them sit. Let them dry out. Like, they'll remember that shit. 
So, yeah, don't don't not love them, but people could work so hard at putting in that when the when the time finally comes, they're like, now nah, we tried to help for the last two years. It's like, you're right, but I wasn't ready then. I'm ready now. You know, and make them prove it that they're ready. You know, not just after a bad bender and they're poisoned. Liver's about to pop, you know. So there's, but that's what I tell you too is if there is real need, call somebody who's in the industry. Yeah. You know, you're not equipped. Not, I'm not saying you, but people in general. <clears throat> no, it's, it's you know, true. It's, it's, it's emotionally do? damaging and they're not trying to hurt you. Yeah. It's just we become something that we're not. Right. It's that Jekyll and Hyde. And they're clearly in a place where they're carrying enough weight as is. And, Lightening the load for a minute gives them a false sense of comfort. And so, yeah. Beautiful. Send them day, drop them off, whatever. Go sit with them in an A meeting, you know, show them, give them the resources. And then when they're ready, they'll act on it. I like it. Changing completely the subject. You were talking about Matthew McConaughey. The first time you were here, didn't you tell us that's your man crush? That was your man crush, right? Maybe. I don't I think know. Because so, I remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm I remember sure. There's, there's one Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, because we because we asked that to everybody. Who was your man crush? And and nine times out of ten, we get the goddamn Rock. Yeah. So fucking tired of hearing about yeah. the Rock. Yeah. Every once in a while, we get one outside of the box, and I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He said Matthew I, I think McConaughey. Said Matthew McConaughey. How about you? Who's your woman crush? <laughs> See, I'm more of a Chloe kind of girl. I like Chloe too. Yeah, Chloe's hot, hot the hottest for me. But. Yeah. I mean, she's a linebacker. True. <laughs> she actually, right. she's right. Have you Come seen on. her lately? Like she's, it's, she's not the one that was dating Lamar. She's, I, I didn't even recognize her. Thank I'm like, that you. is not. She got them alien hands still. Them. I don't know. No, no, that 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 Look at the hands. What are you that talking about? Come on. Come on. <laughs> Did you see her feet? No, I didn't. Uh, Angel did. Yeah, Angel did. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know it by heart. Yo, uh, Warrior in the Garden? Yep. Get it now, Amazon. Yep. Uh, when the hard copies come out, we'll share a link. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I've got we'll links link on my social. as well. Yep. So, Rob Eastman on Facebook and Tattooed Life Coach in the number eight on Instagram. Oh, we appreciate you coming, man. Hey, this is yeah, your home. Thank you. Anything yeah, appreciate you want, let us know. Shoot us a text. I know we hadn't talked for a long time, and I threw yeah. it out, and you're like, yeah, let me see. Yeah, so absolutely. I pre- really appreciate that. Uh, what about you? You want to shout out or scream where they can find you or not? Or yeah. Business? Get over here. <laughs> My queen. I'm connected to his page. So I'm Heidi McNulty on Facebook and Heidi McNulty on Instagram. Awesome. <laughs> and the book's coming out. Um, it depends. So originally we were going to have it come out in November, but I may be on a TV show, um, here in Salt Lake. And if I, I get the TV show, then we're going to wait for my book launch till after the show launches. Are you serious? Yeah. The one you mentioned earlier? Uh, possibly. Are you going to be in there? <laughs> we don't know yet. No comment. No, no comment. You let us know. Yeah, we will do yeah. what we have to do to get that ball rolling. Okay. Yeah. yeah be- like her storage. Well, no, you guys, you guys are gonna have to come back. You guys have uh, an amazing story as a couple individually. Um, okay, that was gross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you can tell from the last time you were here to now hey, what, what what it. Kiss me. 
<laughs> what what uh what a life changing experience you've had? Yeah. You know when we got to say well he's got a book coming out, but you're you're not the same guy that sat here last time. Yeah, so congratulations that. on everything. Thank you. Again, come back and uh, yeah. You can find me on Angel Rivera on Instagram, Angel Rivera on Facebook. That's my last name, C E R V E R A. You can find me on the gram. That's Lord underscore Long Balls with a Z. That's where you find me. Go and share. Um, go give us a like. Go give us a share. We will uh, we'll share the links to the book and everything that you do. And uh, again, thanks for coming, man. Yeah, thank you guys. Until next time, it. take care of yourselves out there. And we will see you on the other side of the beehive. Peace.